one of the things though is is just talking about the fear of when you're a child and it's like late at night and it's dark you're trying to be quiet you know you don't want to wake parents or anything and then there's also when i was around that age uh there some weird fear of like a certain speed yeah like if things are slowed down just enough like it's very unsettling and creepy you and know, i feel like that's what this film was doing to me like it, i had goosebumps like 80 percent of the movie that the exact mood you're talking about oh i really gotta say i think we went tuesday for sure um, the Alamo Draft House, I think, is showing it, and they do. They just announced seven dollar Tuesdays, which is fucking huge. But um, oh, fun! Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that we were talking about, like that late at night, not trying to wake anybody, kind of feel. Oh man, that is bringing back so many just like memories too. You know what? That's a reason I find uh, Lost Highway genuinely tense and scary at moments. Mm-hmm. Is because just early on in the first act of that movie, when they're in the apartment, and um. There is like a scene where like uh, Bill Pullman is like looking down a hallway and it's like dark and just like the way it's shot. I'm just like, yeah, when it brings up to being a kid and looking down a dark hallway, you maybe can't see the other end of it. And just your imagination goes wild for like what could be on the other side, you know? Um, Yeah. So Uh, I rewatched that one recently to show Brittany and it it is one that's just like, man, it's so good. I have the, I have the 4k and I can't wait to uh, Um, pop that. Yeah. It's it's great. They just released or they announced a French steelbook 4k release. And I'm like, ah, do I need to double dip? (laughs) Because that's, it's pretty good uh, art. Do you have the Criterion but 4K as well? I, I did buy the Criterion. That was like, it was like automatically, yes, buy, yeah, buy. Of course. And I saw it when the, the independent theater near me. Oh man, I missed that, I, which bummed me out. Did that, yeah, that 4K release. Yeah. I've seen it a couple of times in theater. I saw it at a drive-in and then I saw it once at the New Beverly. So I have seen it mm-hmm. presented big and it's great. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I saw it... Well, <laughs> Sorry, when I saw the new Beverly too, Balthazar Getty was in the audience, oh, and he didn't like man. get up and speak or anything. I didn't see him, but like on Instagram later, he was just like, you know, oh, I was so happy to check out, like, see Lost Highway in the big screen. I'm like, holy shit! Like, that's he was that's there. So fun. Yeah, uh, that reminds me. I don't know if I if I told this before on the podcast, but when I was in film school in New York, is when Inland Empire came out. So I mm-hmm. went to that IFC in Greenwich Village to see it, and it was like promoted. Oh. uh... Uh, Justin Thoreau will be there, and like I brought uh, my copy of Mulholland Drive. I was like, maybe he'll get you know sign it or whatever. Yeah, and uh, you know we're all seated. He comes to the front of the the room. He reads that that poem that Lynch wrote about Inland Empire about a spider <laughs> and webs and everything. And he's like, all right, thanks a lot, everybody, enjoy. And then just runs to the, oh my God. the exit and leaves. Love it. That's all you want, man. That's what you want from something like that. You don't want anybody to try to explain what you're going to watch or see, you know? Right. Or just, you know, the. I guess it's maybe better to not meet your heroes. Like, yeah. I really do love Justin Thoreau. I think he's done some of the best uh, writing and acting of, you know, the last 20 years. I mean, Iron you know, Man that 2. Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we got to the same place right there. <laughs> Uh, but even I love him in uh, The Leftovers. I think that is mm-hmm. one of the most spectacular shows of all time. And I just rewatched, there's a scene in the second season where he has to sing karaoke. He's singing the Simon and Garfunkel Homeward Bound. And he's not a great singer, but like the just the energy that he puts into it. Yeah. And he's like crying by the end of the song. It's It's amazing. 
I you're gonna hit you're gonna be sad hearing this because I know that like it it it's gonna you know I'm kind of speaking against two of you two shows I know that are close to you but I I don't think I'm a Lindelof fan I typically just like something about the way his dialogue hits my ear just never sits with me right mm. and so I know that's that's why I'm hesitant to start both Lost and the Leftovers because I'm like because I'm like I have heard great things about both but. Like I think of the Watchmen TV show or Prometheus, and I'm just like that dialogue. It just like it hits my ear. I I hear it. And I'm just like this doesn't sound like anything a human being would ever say. Uh, maybe yeah. Um, I think well, Tom Stoppard uh was also like a big influence on the TV show, and okay, he's that the one really, who wrote the book. That really helps. Um, <laughs> that really and helps. The first season is really a like almost one-to-one comparison of the book and then season two and three like they go off on their own yeah journeys and tell the stories that they want to tell um there's also a character in it that's michael murphy funny enough hell yeah it's yeah it's funny but uh well we're not here to talk about damon lindelof although maybe one day we will that's a (laughs) distinct possibility who knows prometheus Uh, you know could happen it could happen, yeah. uh, but this is the weekly podcast massacre. I am your host for today. My name is Michael from Portland. Everyone calls me Murphy. I also have a wonderful co-host with me. Yeah, hi, I'm Greg from Los Angeles, right by Chinatown. A little right hint Chinatown. as to what we're talking about. You know, uh, <laughs> well, hey, okay, you took me a second, but okay, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, because we're going to be talking. Well, we're in the first week of february 2023 so we're going to talk about a new theme we're talking about monster love when a human and a not human you know meet fall in love sparks fly Mm -hmm. and who knows what kind of babies get born but Mm -hmm. for today we're going to be talking about egot winners mike nichols (laughs) 1994 middling hit uh wolf yes Wolf. A funny enough that we just left our remake month, and we're basically doing a remake of The Wolfman. Well, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, it's 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 inspired it's by. Not a, it. They never it's a yeah. reimagining right. of of a werewolf story, which. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's it is the most Wolfman would be the most famous, I assume. That's the one it's closest to because, like. The wolf. I mean, even just under the fact that he's called, a, you know, the Wolfman and not like a werewolf ever in right the original Universal one, and his appearance is a little more humanoid. This one, humanoid wolf appearance, never say werewolf. So like that's kind of where the similarities yep. start and end. You get demon wolf, I demon wolf, which I like. I like that, that as a term. That was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we got some we got some big hitters to talk about in this uh movie so uh like i said 1994 directed by mike nichols it was also written by jim harrison and then wesley strict i was reading that jim harrison left the production at some point he was not happy with uh how nichols was treating his original script he said at some point he turned my werewolf into a chihuahua (laughs) which i thought is yeah pretty yeah makes sense after watching it um, we got some really big, big stars in this movie. We have maybe one of the biggest actors of all time. We have Jack Nicholson as 
uh, editor-in-chief Will Randall. Yeah. There is Michelle Pfeiffer as Laura Alden, James Spader as Stuart Swinton, and then uh, we'll get to some of the other ones later on, but the other really big one would be Christopher Plummer as Raymond Alden. Yeah. And then some supporting, you said we'll get the supporting actors. We'll get to the supporting because there are quite a few that are like, wow, that guy's recognizable. Wow, that guy, that guy, her. Um, (laughs) But it is about editor-in-chief Will Randall of some big publishing uh, house. I don't know. It's bizarre to me. So this this whole movie is about publishing books. And there is literally one scene where you see anybody reading a book. Right. Well, hey, they just publish them now, you know? Right. And the, the whole the whole point of the scene is to show that Jack Nicholson no longer needs his glasses to read. Yeah, he's reading a manuscript. That's the whole point yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? I I the I don't know. As a piece of just like nineties I loved the focus on book publishing. It felt like something where I don't know every romantic comedy of this time, every like drama. Just I, for some reason, you're in this like world of either magazine editing or book publishing. Just like for a period, every movie character was in that industry, and I don't know what it was. Well. One of the other things I was reading is apparently maybe early on he was going to be a lawyer. Yeah, which and maybe like, makes more sense. Lawyers more sense, but it, it, I think so. I yeah, because I want to see that. I want to see. Um, you know, there's that scene where the judge is like, "There's no rules that a werewolf can't defend his client <laughs> or something." Exactly. Know? I mean, um, werewolf lawyer is a completely different movie, but a, but a far more interesting one, I think. Yeah. Oh, um, but it. It is just kind of like, well, lawyers are kind of played out. What else is a cutthroat industry? Book publishing. <laughs> and the the kind of idea of the plot is that Christopher Plummer is uh, a quote-unquote ordinary billionaire. Yes. Uh, buying this, you know, industry. He, it's, it's kind of like Elon Musk and Twitter, honestly. <laughs> Like, it's not far off. And then there's another point later on where they're talking about the plan that the publishing house is going to do is, like, only promote things that skyrocket off and then dump everything that's not, like, an automatic hit. And I just kept thinking, like, that's basically the Netflix, like, structure. It's true. Maybe this movie is a little more prescient than I realized. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, Wednesday. Great. Let's give it a bunch more money. Season two. We endangered actors and actresses because our main person had COVID and we knew and didn't do anything. Wait, is that, is that like, a true story from Wednesday? Well, yeah. The the dance. I haven't watched it yet, but like that big dance scene. Like yeah. she was, she had symptoms and they tested her. They shot the scene and then her uh, like positive test results came back afterwards. Wow. And there was a whole thing of people like, you know, how, they're they're not going to be able to do any more. No one's going to ensure this production again after they just, like, endanger cast, crew, like, all these people. No, that's fine. They're se- season two, baby. Yay! Incredible. Holy shit. Yeah. Money. It's all about money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we talked a little bit uh, on our episode about 
uh, the invasion, just like that string of sci-fi remakes in the mid 2000s that was happening. This is right in a wave of horror remakes in the 90s that was occurring. Um, Very true. Where Universal, I, I, I totally even I blanked on the opening credits. Is this a Universal? movie uh, columbia pictures okay so this one does not exactly fit but it, i think it's definitely riding the wave because you have uh universals remaking all their classic monster stuff you have bram Stoker's dracula is the big one that's the the one that is the hit the guarantor that makes them say okay well let's just throw a shitload of money at all of our other properties to bring them back i think around this time there was lots of talk of a new creature from the black lagoon that never quite materialized you eventually get shape of water is the closest thing eventually but uh, But of course that's not even trying to be like that's its own imagination but if you watch that one it is really close it's it's more close to revenge of the creature the second movie than the original because that one involves him in an aquarium stateside where like this woman kind of like comes make visited said his tank whatever anyway you also have mary shelley's frankenstein the brilliant kenneth branagh re uh, adaptation um you have uh, sexy kenneth branagh sexy kenneth branagh. i just yeah, yeah. The, thinking about that movie the only thing that like comes to mind is besides de niro's face is like yeah branagh shirtless like running around running through his grabbing chains, yanking yeah. down a chain that releases a bunch of electric eels out of a giant ball sack to electrocute yeah. the body it's incredible fun um, stuff oh yeah awesome stuff and then you have uh i'm forgetting the title but paul verhoeven's take on invisible man uh the hollow man oh ho- yeah yeah hollow I, was, man. I was gonna bring that one up because that's i yeah. feel like 99 or 2000 um i, I feel like there were probably a that's couple that were the end of that wave yeah right because in, the mummy in... comes out and the mummy is the one that like kind of ends the whole yeah. thing but also like bookends it with bram Stoker's dracula in terms of being a huge hit that you know yeah. kind of gets me i was also going to gonna mention yeah. that you know they do uh phantom of the opera which i feel yeah. is like in that kind of vein which was t- 2004 2003 something like that the dry buller one um right with uh yeah yeah, yeah. him and patrick wilson and mm-hmm. then what's her name um shameless what her yeah what her whatever her face is yeah whatever her face is you know it's hard to think of another woman after looking at michelle pfeiffer for so long you just she just kind of like tell me about it takes over you know like i i love michelle pfeiffer so much one of my first crushes was julia roberts as tinkerbell in hook Mm -hmm. and then like immediately after that i feel like i watched batman returns and just like cemented my idea of what a, a dream woman is based off <laughs> Selena Kyle. I mean, when she's like a disaster movie. in the beginning, right? When she's like, yes, yes, no, like, yeah. Specifically when she's uh, coming into the apartment after oh, like yeah. dropping five stories and she's like, honey, I'm home. And then she starts breaking everything in her apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Oh. She's amazing. And I think that uh, this movie, she's particularly kind of incredible, not because it's a good character or even like, that she is like the fact that she's able to make it workable at all in this movie is kind of a revelation. Like she is really good with a, some pretty bad material, you know, it's uh, another thing about it is that it was going to be someone else just like nonchalantly like, Oh, let's cast, you know, it's not a real big role. We're not going to try to get anyone for it. Yeah. And Michelle Pfeiffer was like, no, I want to do it. I want to work with Nichols. I want to work with uh, Nicholson. You know, those are, you know, two big names. 
Um, and I would just, I would love to do it. It's also funny that, like, Nicholson was Joker in Batman 1, and then she's Catwoman. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, let's go to this Wolfman uh, movie to actually be together. And then James but, Spader is Ultron. It all... <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, full I'll go ahead and I'll put my cards on the table. I think Spader is, like, fucking fantastic in this movie. He's really, he's really fun. He's fun I as think hell. he is the best thing. Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer does a good job for what she's given, but right. it's, like, a very thankless role. But that was the thing. So when she got cast, they were like, oh, let's beef up this role just a little bit. And she's like, nah, don't worry about she's it. She's like, just, no, no I, need. I'm, yeah. I'm here to work with these people. Right. And she does a great and, job with them. I think she plays off of Nicholson really well and, like, uh, talking about the monster love aspect, the romance kind of sucks, in my opinion. Like, I yes. don't really buy it at all, but I do think well, it's still kind of interesting to see them together, you know? I think it's plausible because then I even wrote this down. It she's only really starts the like flirtatious things to piss off her father. Like they have yeah. that like meet cute where she's trying to help him after he has an anxiety attack after right. being demoted. But like it doesn't um besides the weird falling and then grabbing her chest, which made Makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, and the negging scene. Um, the negging scene is fucking wild too. When when they're in her little like cabin and he's like, you know, you're not very well, interesting. <laughs> he well, I I mean, it's hard. He's he's negging her, but he's also like like f- calling those cards. Like that is what she's doing. Yeah, she is like trying not to be interesting. It like he he psychoanalyzes her, and it is pretty like on point of like. You're beautiful. You don't want to see be seen as beautiful. You want people to look past you, but then you're still really like ugly and not interesting because you're like, I don't do anything. What a I I just uh I think that in terms of their romance like you could absolutely do a lot better. And there's the scene near the end where I kind of thought where it's literally the ending of the movie where I was like, I mean, if you do this earlier, I think you really have something interesting there. You know, but like, right? It came too late, and then it would never really amounted to much. Um, I saw there's some theory, I guess, that she like is the wolf that bites him, which does not make any sense to me at all. I have no, no idea how the fuck people could think that. Um, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I also, think... I re- I was as I was rewatching, I was like, when does she get bitten? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, which happens eventually. I mean, like, I I think it. I think I you kind of know the moment, but it's not really like made any kind of meal out of uh an actor though that we have not mentioned he, he's only in one scene so i understand but like i i think the other really standout performance in this is om puri as yes Dr. i have him written down alizias alizas yeah but he is fucking awesome in this and i really he's really good really wish they had brought him back to do something else in this movie like uh I thought that was such a great exposition dump for, like, a werewolf movie. It was full of, oh, like, yeah. personality. The way they shot the apartment was kind of cool and interesting. Like, there's um, some... The the hallway yes, has, like, that yeah. red light. Oh, yeah. I love that. And then just his whole, like, viewpoint on everything of, like, hey, the demon wolf is not necessarily evil, right? And, like... It's not necessarily be... a curse. Yes. Right. And he's, like, this kind of wise older figure, so you expect him to be like, oh, it's dangerous. And he's like, no, bite me. I want to be a fucking werewolf. I'm like, that's aw- that's so cool. That I... I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather be damned than die. Yeah, I guess to, like, start off with this movie, like, I really enjoyed parts of it. I think that there's, like, so many moments in this that show a lot of potential, and, like, 
it honestly for most of its runtime is like this character driven monster movie like a werewolf movie right. kind of usually that's when they usually excel right like these types of like uh the original wolfman is great because like lon cheney jr is giving a really interesting sympathetic performance as a guy who like is losing control of himself right doesn't want to do people harm but has this side of him that he just can't get a handle on uh like we talked about when frankenstein meets the wolfman like and I think Nicholson really captures that at points. And when he is, like, giving his more, like, wolfish, you know, behaviors. Like, when he, like, is undressing his wife with his teeth and he's, like, growling. I'm like, this is yeah. the perfect casting for a man turning into a wolf. This is incredible. He, he definitely pulls that off, that kind of animalistic tendencies. Yeah. Um, what you're saying, though, they could just strip this movie of the wolf type thing. And it be just a character drama of a man who's like almost like falling down where he's like he's mild mannered and he it's so funny that they like he's supposed to be mild mannered but you don't really get any of that right people just like saying oh you know they would never expect he even says it himself like no one would expect me to be like that at some i mean it's jack nicholson like he's so (laughs) inherently just like got this like sinister nature to him you're like yeah (laughs) <laughs> well it's funny in the the dinner party scene like in the beginning and there's all these people and they're talking about like the world ending or whatever and then he basically comes in and is like we have no art we have pop culture we have women talking about getting raped by their dentist on oprah God, and everyone's that... just kind of like um i i'm gonna go get another drink right i don't now. yeah i don't really understand what the fuck he was trying to say during that and like there's some quotes that i like in the trivia section for imdb which of course is like you know dubious at best or whatever but like um there's just some weird quotes in here and like you you mentioned like that quote from uh jim harrison saying they like neutered the werewolf part of it but he also yeah. had a quote about nichols saying i wanted dionysian he but he wanted apollonian like, he yeah. took my wolf and made it into a chihuahua. I cracked up for about 10 minutes and went out into the country. I stood in front of a wolf den and apologized when my dog hit under the truck. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Dionysian? Apo- you kind of just made a middling monster movie here. Like, I don't see these kind of grand, like, well, I, yeah, viewpoints I think it, it that they're going for. It was supposed to be, you know, very excessive, like, very uh, indulgent of, yeah. of a monster movie. And then they really did make it, like, more of the love story, which is not great i mean i also wrote down so nicholson was like 56 57 when he's shooting this movie michelle pfeiffer is 35 36 like about my age right uh, and then james spader is about 34 or something and christopher Plummer is like nine thousand years old I think. <laughs> um but to to have only 21 year difference like that's not the worst <laughs> hollywood's ever done i mean they yeah, good job hollywood bad. yeah i mean it's hey, bad but it's better than i just talked about it before we started recording it better than a view to a kill i'm sure the right. age gap between tanya roberts and uh roger moore is a little more than that um it's like at least they didn't you know hire preteen brooke shields or something yes, to exactly play this role and you know what like obviously the age difference is a thing but and right. it's only gonna get crazier in movies like as good as it gets with him and is it not laura linney who is it um she's great well, it, though it's um um helen hunt helen hunt yes thank you um him and which helen also hunt. has the great um egon spangler harold ramus mm-hmm. as the doctor for like oh, two yes. or three scenes 
Oh yeah, yeah. I, That's and such Halo a good movie. Is a good movie. The age difference is fucking crazy though. However, of all of these like older Hollywood stars who get paired with younger actresses for their love interests, with Nicholson, it probably does make the most sense. And it's it, he is such a weird case where it's not even that he like remains handsome as he gets older. He kind of he remains interesting to look at, but he gains a lot of weight as he gets older. He looks more and more frazzled and like a cartoon, right? And like just the like, hair receding. Yes, exactly. However, just when he talks to a woman, he has this confidence that just is undeniable. Have you ever seen the clip? I don't know what it's what movie premiere it was for. Maybe it was like um uh what's the one with Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence? Uh Silver Lightning's Playbook. Yeah. Might have been that. It was around that era. Is he but in that? No, 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 no. But I, he attended. Okay. So I don't know what movie it, that he. This was a premiere for. But Jennifer Lawrence is in front of a camera. She's giving an interview at some premiere for a movie she's in, and Nicholson is there. And he comes up in the background, big smile on his on his face, and he gets <laughs> right behind like Jennifer Lawrence, and he's like, "I thought you were really in the movie," and she's like, "Oh, thank you so much." And he goes, "You remind me of an old girlfriend," and just like the blush on her face, like after he says that, you're like, "Oh, this guy still has it at that age." Like. Right. He is 70, 80 something in that clip. And Jennifer Lawrence is still like, whoa, like, oh, man. And then she's like, oh, maybe he's like, she's like, not a new girlfriend. He goes, I'm thinking about it. And you're like, this guy, is, he's got something. He really has something. It's, it's so funny. I, I guess, you know, for, I mean, he's still, he's still kicking. So for like, you know, yeah. almost 50, 60 years. Still spilling, been... spilling chili on the court at Lakers games. <laughs> He's, he's oh, I just love been, him. like one of the epitomes of cool. <laughs> um, well, we should get into like some non horror recommendations. This would not be mine, but I did watch Five Easy Pieces mm. uh, over the weekend, which is like a really <laughs> early movie of his, and it is just like the charm, just like is is just like oozing out of all of his pores. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but if I had to give a recommendation, I watched The Bridge on the River Kwai, and that was hmm. fucking fantastic. I am so mad I hadn't watched it earlier. I, I got the 4K Steelbook when it was uh, released, because it's uh, David Lean, the, also the director of Lawrence of Arabia, one of my favorite movies right. of all time. And uh, this was like a three, four years before Lawrence of Arabia. And fucking General Kenobi is the man in this movie. He is so good. And then it like, there's a turn at the end of it. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I love this character. And now I hate him. For so what you he's can, doing. so you can kind of understand maybe now why he was like, kind of a little bit better about people only knowing him for Obi-Wan when it's like, Hey, look at all this other fucking amazing stuff I did. Right. You know? Well, he's also really good in Lawrence of Arabia, even if he's yeah. wearing brown face. Like, it's right. you know, a little problematic, but, like, he's still really great in it. But, you know, when you're, when you have, like, one of the biggest movies of all time, it'd be like Sam Worthington being like, why aren't they going to recognize me for Man on a Ledge? <laughs> exactly. Um, I've like seen, like, Farrell's maybe... Like, you know, Phone Booth is actually, like, a, yeah, my, my, a little overlooked. my hit movie. People only talk talk to me about I don't know killing the sacred deer, but you know fucking booth. banshees yeah. of Irishiran. But man, I put the work in on phone. Yeah, my, booth. 
My work as Bullseye in Daredevil? Come on, guys. Give me some credit. Um, Remember when I killed that woman with, like, a nut? (laughs) (laughs) Flicked it in the airplane? Um, I have only been watching Bond movies, aside from horror. So one of my recommendations has to be Bond. And um, I just finished up the Roger Moore era today. And uh, I think that I'm a little mixed on him compared to a lot of other people I've had. You included said that he is, like, your Bond. Um, I, I think I'm a little mixed, but he definitely has some good turns. I, I saw it a lot ranked at the bottom for people, but Moonraker has been one that has like stuck with me of all of these moors. That one and, uh, for your eyes only, but I think I might get this, I don't know. I don't know. I, between those two, I can't decide which one I like more. What what's the the like innuendo at the end of Moonraker? Like he's coming in for it reentry. It looks like he's attempting reentry, sir. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that as that's also the peak of like the the fucking really cringy sex puns. They kind of tone those down a little bit as the war goes on. But like, um, no, Hugo Drax is the villain, and that one is so fucking good. Like he is a great villain. All the sets are fucking gorgeous in that, and that final battle of just like. On a, on a dime, the U.S. government is like, oh, there's a space station we got to invade, and they are ready to launch a rocket yeah. equipped with guys with, like, fucking jetpacks and laser guns within, like, three minutes of learning there is an right. evil space station. Like, you know, Hugo Drugs' floating fuck palace. It, it's so... Oh, man. I Honestly, I want to rewatch it. Like, uh, It's crazy. So, but I really like that one, so... Uh, that's my non-horror recommendation. I haven't really been <laughs> taking in much else. It's all been Bond. Uh, just wait till you get to um, Goldeneye. There's a great innuendo with there's the uh, Famke Jensen's character is mm. Zena on a top. Oh, of course. God damn it. <laughs> oh boy. I hope you'll stay on a top of things. <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait! Oh, it's so good. She's fucking so hot in that movie. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have a ball in Goldeneye. Okay. Um, okay. So this movie is Will Randall is going to Vermont to get someone to sign a contract. We never find out who it is. We do find out that he did it the old-fashioned way, and he begged, which is another one of like showing us he's mild-mannered and like he's not demanding. He that. He does it the old-fashioned way. He begs when he needs something. Also um, a dog another, pun, I think. <laughs> I, yeah, there's, there's that. There's another one um, when him and Michelle Pfeiffer meet for the first time, and she's like, here, drink this. And he does, and he's like, she's like, good boy. I'm like, Ugh. Yes. Um, uh, but also, I mean, if Michelle Pfeiffer called me a good boy, you know, it's all right. over for me. That's it. I could die yeah. happy. Uh, so he's in Vermont, uh, it's snowy, he's driving back to New York City, where two movies in a row in New York City, um, uh, and he hits a wolf in his car, and as he's checking it, the wolf bites him and then runs off. There's some interesting animatronic, wolf animatronics, oh my I kind of like them. I, I, I like cute. them, they are cute, but I laughed at it a lot, they make it too sinister, uh, if you remember right. that episode of The Simpsons where, with Mel Gibson, where they're remaking uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and Homer's big pitch is the dog with the shifty eyes, like, that's <laughs> what this wolf looked like because its eyes are, like, it almost right. looked like when you were making the animatronic, they did put human eyes instead of wolf eyes in there. And maybe I they did like for it, yeah. a purpose, but you can really tell because with the way that I, the wolf's eyes, like, look, 
you're like that dog is like or that wolf is like thinking something it's got a sinister plan (laughs) it's also weird like all of the wolves have gold eyes like that's how you tell like when when they're like mid transformation especially spader oh my god that is that is one of the highlights yellow is anytime he's like staring at somebody with those eyes yeah it was incredible Uh, when he's in that police uh station like talking to michelle pfeiffer just being a creep and he he smells her oh I'm yeah just like fucking get this guy an oscar this is amazing yeah he was great he was so good uh so he gets bitten he comes back to the city talks to the doctor everyone's like are you sure it's a wolf a wolf in new england what um but he's like yeah no i got bit and there's a there's like a pack of wolves after that too um but as it turns out, Christopher Plummer is buying this publishing house. He's a billionaire. He's having a grand party at his estate to, like, um, fire people in person. That seems to be the thing. Yeah. We get the amazing David Hyde Pierce in, like, three scenes, and then he just disappears. He is so good. I could have used some, like, um, some Nigel quips about wolfman <laughs> throughout this that would have been yeah, incredible um, you know <laughs> talking about like uh you know uh maris is waiting for me for lunch oh yeah you yeah know? or it's like uh, they they hear about wolfman attacks in the park and she's like did maris get loose again just i don't know <laughs> something you know like he gets bit by a wolf and, oh you must have gone to yale well, i don't know some weird highbrow <laughs> maris was seen without her makeup again <laughs> uh-huh. there you go <laughs> uh-huh. So he's uh, coming to the party. We get quickly a shot of Alice and Janney talking to yeah. the plumber. Just as, like, woman number two at party. Instantly, you see her profile, and you're like, oh, shit, Alice and Janney's in this. And then you come to realize that she is playing party goer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was cool. Uh, but, yeah, you, like, hear her voice for two seconds, too, and it's, you instantly know who yeah, it she is. Yeah, has, she has a line. That's fun. Um, and so the... Christopher Palmer's like, yeah, I'm not keeping you on as editor-in-chief. I want you to to do East your Eastern Europe. That was it. It's like it's a it's gonna be a big hit, big market. I want you to lead it. And um uh we find out that the person who is going to have the job, like, has begged for it for weeks. And that that's what Plummer is attracted to. Initiative, yeah. drive, someone who's like going to cut throats to get ahead. I, and... I I did really like this because like pretty quickly after you learn that you you know who it is instantly you know it's it's they never say Spader's name but you know it's Spader but um, it's also quickly Spader is Nicholson's like protege, protege. yeah and so they're talking I... about like earlier on like if you get fired like we'll all leave we're gonna resign right. like but Spader gonna, never you know... says that I think that's like that's Hyde Pierce than the other woman who say that but. Yeah. Nicholson says he will, and but then there's even a great point later on, just to skip ahead, where he's like, you know, tell me what you want me to do. You want me to never see her again? I'll, I'll resign today. And Nicholson's like, yeah, resign. He's like, resign today. I'm not yeah. going to do that. I don't know why I said <laughs> I, it. <laughs> so that's great. But I love the moment, though, after, after Plummer tells him, like, hey, he begged me for it every day. And then you go to Spader after Nicholson breaks him the news and then his like you know you know uh, oh yeah he just kind of called me this morning and I I said oh you know I'm not gonna whatever I'm not I don't want to step over Will Randall but the fact that Nicholson doesn't say anything I think mm-hmm. that is one of those moments where it's like you have his ass over a barrel right now you can like get you can confront him about this but Nicholson chooses to just let it go and give up and that's one and of the those few moments yeah. where you get the mild mannerness and I think Nicholson plays it really well just like. 
I know this guy is full of shit, but I am like too. I'm. I don't have the energy or like the the power to confront him. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like that. I think that's where like some of the more subtle character work, you know, is paying off. Sure. Uh, there was also the scene where, as as Plummer tells him this, that he's like smoking a cigar. There's horses because, of course, rich people love horses. Oh yeah, and they're like starting to get uh, very antsy with Nicholson around, and so that's when you know he meets Michelle Pfeiffer. He's having an anxiety attack. Here, drink this. Um, just a weird scene, like not really great. Uh, she like wipes him off and gives her her handkerchief. And he stumbles uh, he goes, and grabs her boob. Yep. Yeah, bizarre. <laughs> uh, he goes home and sleeps for 20 hours, which I really love. Like, that's the, the transformation thing. Yeah. He's like, give me a half hour. And then it's like 740. He's like, I thought I told you to give me till 8. It's like, yeah, it's 740 at night. Um, And then, like, you mentioned, like, the they're eating dinner and he keeps, like, stealing things off her plate because he's yeah. hungry. And then they fuck. It's very animalistic. And then it's so bizarre to me. They she seems to be like, you're an animal. I, you know, I love it. We haven't made love in so long. You know, this is great. Literally the next night, she's yep. going to fuck Spader. It it could have been a thing like, you know, maybe she we don't know for certain. And the, the movie probably could have said something like this if this is the case, but it could have been like, hey, she's going to go break it off a of spader, but all oh, one last time for good measure. Who knows? Sure. You know, but also maybe she's just, I don't know, uh, that kind of person. Like unfaithful. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Um, Superman's mom. Um, Martha? Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Right? Isn't that it? Yeah. <laughs> Something like then, that. And unfaithful, she's like, she goes to break it off. And then as she's leaving, he like confronts her in the hallway and then just fucks her in the hallway right. of her apartment. And 14-year-old Michael watched this with his mom in the theater. Very great. <laughs> what a great time. Um, uh, let's see. There, so after that, he's kind of transformed. He, well, we have the thing. He smells her clothing or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's Spader. Goes to his house. Spader's like, I'll come down. And then he just runs up and sees his wife. Oh, there, and okay. Shirt. That's that's one of the best shots of the movie when he oh, yeah, he's like, runs up the stairs. Yeah, that's right. he's Dude, that is so good. Yeah, I and love that. As he's as he's coming in, he like bites Spader briefly yeah. on the hand. I, I also like, love. Okay, I love the leather jacket he's wearing at this point too. To like, I guess, show that he's becoming like cooler and more virile. He's got like a badass leather jacket as well. Yeah, um, it's a really good look for Nicholson. Also, too, I think it's the scene when he, uh, yeah, it's when, it's when he's like with his wife, and he like pushes her down to like start undressing her. It's it goes into a weird slow motion when he does it, and that's the first time there's in the a movie couple do times it. it'll do it does it a lot. There's a lot of very strange slow motion in this movie where it's like um, I don't know, maybe Nichols just like confrontation. Yeah, yes, I think Nichols just didn't really know how to shoot some of the stuff honestly that's, you know that's a good I, point I, I don't because know. It, if we would look back at his filmography like the graduate who's afraid of virginia wolf right uh we could go into some more of a regarding Which, henry right before this he's not really an action no director. by the way i i thought too like i loved the look of the plumber's house in this and it kept reminding me of, of like the house in who's afraid of virginia wolf <laughs> like um 
just the way that like when they were approaching it, how large and and like imposing it is. So that was, was right. fantastic. It's um, a giant manor type. Yeah. We also haven't mentioned that the music in this movie is done by Ennio Morricone, legendary Italian composer. I did not notice that, but yeah. I fucking it. Honestly, some of it sounds like it's coming out of a Casio keyboard. Yes. So I think it, there's uh, a lot of trivia mentioning that John Williams was tapped to do the score, but he got pulled away to do Jurassic Park. Um, okay. And uh, Schindler's List. Those are the two that he did instead of this. Uh, probably a wise decision. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a so good choice. It kind of seems to me like Morricone maybe didn't have a lot of time to like really hammer it out. But like, uh, there's it's, interesting it's like... choices there. I kind of like the yeah. I kind of like the main motif. I think like the main repeating like motif is pretty good. And then there is some smooth jazz during the werewolf action at the end that is so fucking bizarre. But I kind of love that too. Let's see. So he at this point, well, he's already had a a scene where he again doesn't need his glasses to read. He's also like able to hear. You know, everyone around the building. That's a very famous uh, this stuff LA is great. building, too, right? That's the Bradbury building. I was going to bring that Bradbury. up, yes. Um, was and that this, uh, Raising Cane? Did they shoot there? Is that the, like, long tracking shot? Huh. Or is that maybe so. another building? I don't think so. I think it's another building. Because I think with the Bradbury building, you're always going to have those, like, open cage oh, elevators. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the big tell for those. But uh, the most famous one is probably uh, Blade Runner that it's it's it was like okay. the, the inventor's like apartment building if you remember interesting yeah um and there's been a lot of others like i recently i not that recently but at some uh the past couple of years i watched this episode of uh the outer limits it's the episode that like inspired the terminator um, okay and that one has a really good chase scene through the bradbury building i recently for the first time was outside of it you're not allowed to go in apparently like whoever owns it doesn't allow the public to go in, but like I was looking at it from the outside not the, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I really do want to get inside some someday and see yeah. for myself. Yeah, that would be really cool. Uh, but he also, you know, runs into the guy who smells like tequila. Dude, okay, all of this is so good. I like this I stuff so much. I love the enhanced senses thing. I love Nicholson as Daredevil essentially. Like it's it's fantastic. What I, what I love is like uh, you know he tells the guy like oh you smell like tequila. Yeah, he can smell it a mile away. <laughs> then he hears the guy on the phone being telling like, "Yeah, he could smell." I put a drop of tequila in my coffee this morning, and then later on, when Nicholson's coughing, is like, "You know, you shouldn't lie to people. You didn't have coffee this morning." <laughs> and then the guy like looks for a bug in his office. That's <laughs> yeah. good. I like that a lot. I just I loved like him staying and his like ears twitching as he's like hearing all the stuff. Apparently, Rick mm-hmm. Baker designed something to, like, remotely move his ear around. So, I don't know if that's a prosthetic okay. or just something attached to his ear, but that really worked for me. And so that was, it's a, that was it's really a good, good effect. Like, it shows. Yeah. It's enough showing instead of mm-hmm. telling, you know. Uh, let's see. So, he he's, like, going to, you know, take a bunch of people out of the firm. Uh, he goes to Plumber's house to be like, oh, I'm not going to take the job. I'm leaving. And as he's there, he uh, runs into Michelle Pfeiffer again, who's riding a horse, gets thrown off, and he comes more slow to motion when she gets fall when she gets thrown. Yeah, it's also like she gives a lot of really bad exposition throughout, and she's like, "Can't you tell animals are like uh, disturbed by your presence?" Like she's yeah. the one telling us all these type of things. But it's like uh, it, but we get 
that is a bizarre observation because like there was so many people around that first time it's like how do you know it's him specifically like come on I, there was a shot watching it twice there's a shot as he's leaving after they meet he's walking by the barn and the the horses like okay do their thing well, and right. she like oh she like you know puts two and two together but anyways uh plumber is there and he's like yeah why aren't you leaving and uh michelle pfeiffer is trying to piss off her dad He's like, well, he's going to have lunch with me. Uh, and I love how she doesn't know his name and he, like, whispers Will. Like, yeah. Will and I are going to have lunch. And she takes him back to her cottage and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. All I have is, you know, peanut butter, jelly, bread, and milk. And maybe one of the best lines of all time. Peanut butter and jellies like mother's milk to me. <laughs> I can't do a good Nicholson. You should I... try. I mean, peanut butter and jelly's mother's milk to me. I can't, I don't, I don't, I have a fun <laughs> one. I like doing it. I don't think it's good, but I have fun doing it. So, you know. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, they ugh. eat peanut butter and jelly. He psychoanalyzes her. Uh, they, they start bonding over her mother and all the photographs. They go out to the lake and she, she actually has a really good monologue about like, death and like this is where i understood death for the first time after yeah, like bearing pets and then yeah. he collapses she puts him to bed uh very weird where he's she's like you know just rest you know tomorrow i'll be at your door with coffee eggs and toast and then he does like and bacon <laughs> <laughs> and very bacon. funny uh, uh he during this scene too like just where she talks about like her brother who committed suicide and was apparently schizophrenic oh, yeah. this is where i think that like yeah this is this is pfeiffer bringing her a game to like c level material honestly like it it's not that good. i mean I, the backstory is fine but like what she is able to do with it is really good and then when she's being like caring and like comforting when he's like feeling sick you know, you really do buy it at that point. Okay, maybe she is just, like, attracted to these, like, wounded people or something um, because of her past. Who knows? Uh, I liked it. This is where I think her performance is really working for me. Uh, Nicholson said that, like, he saw this as a movie about loss and death, which, like, eh, <laughs> eh I don't know about that. I mean, like, the few deaths in this are kind of, like, you know, they're not inconsequential, but they're not, like, a driving we force of this movie really see any on screen no besides i guess like the just spader with spader yeah that's it because we just get told that the wife has her throat ripped out right and the um, the one kill that nicholson does in this movie is brought up again at one point and then dropped completely I, so i don't think he kills him honestly oh. i think it's mm. it's uh yeah we'll get to it in a little bit because it is a very funny and almost relevant thing of today's society yeah. but um oh there was one note i was gonna say uh his his bite wound is extra hairy and yes so that's some fucking like, that's disgusting yeah that is clipping so off gross. the hair okay so that's also fun. okay rick baker did the effects for this and we're gonna get to it right now because when he goes to bed at pfeiffer's place is where we first the transfer first transformation what a fucking letdown of a werewolf design, especially for a Jack Nicholson werewolf. I, I like it in I, some regards, but like I th was like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is like part one of his transformation. And he's it's gonna very look crazier subtle. Later. Well, it is. 
it is it is one because as we learn like you basically again we don't get any real rules the right the, the dr vijay alizias whatever like he's like i don't know any rules you need to go to a shaman i right. know one rule um but it <laughs> seems like he's going to be trapped as a wolf i well, really that's, don't know that's i guess that's the thing yeah the final transformation is full wolf right right humanize um so like i i get that but i feel like in the in-between point you want a more monstrous wolfy nicholson and he looks like wolverine like that's just what the that's what this transformation looks like which one yeah hey look if they made an old man logan movie in the early 2000s like ten thousand percent should have been nicholson but like uh, i don't know you want something more monstrous i guess but I don't know. I still think Nicholson does a fun job, but when he is, like, just speaking plain English as a wolfman later on, you're just like, this does not really... I guess it's a demon wolf, not a wolf, a werewolf, so it's a little different, but it was just a disappointment. It's like, you get okay, Rick now Baker. I'm, now I'm know? really curious. Okay, so Logan was, like, six years ago now. Hugh Jackman would have been 48. I just thought it would have been really funny if, like... In Logan, Hugh Jackman was as old as Jack Nicholson was in this movie. <laughs> yeah, not quite there. Not quite there. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, but yeah, he wakes up. Well, he, he transforms. He goes out to the estate. He kills a deer. But then he wakes up by like a pond and yeah. thinks maybe he just hit his head. Uh, sleepwalking. There's, you know, scalps will bleed very profusely. So I did really like... Blood. I did really like this, the how they did the deer stuff. I thought that looked pretty good. Like, the next snap on it was pretty visceral. So we get um, him doing the deal, like, pulling people out. He meets with Plummer and is basically saying, like, you know, even even if I don't keep all of these people under whatever house or if I create one ourselves, it'll be enough to fuck you over and I'll put a press release out tomorrow and being like, this is how you treat they're leaving because of how you treat talent. And Plummer basically gives in. If I would have known you were this ruthless to begin with, I would have never, like, fired you type of idea. It says, like, okay, I want more power. I want more money. Uh, don't tell Spader until the deal is done. Right. I would have be the one to tell him. Yeah. <laughs> right. I get to be the one to tell him. I think anything else that really happens in between that and the actual so, I deal mean, being signed. Oh, he immediately afterwards is the doctor. People. Immediately after the negotiation with the contract is the doctor scene. Because like he finishes doing it and then immediately secretary is like, oh, the doctor's been calling for you. And he really wants you to come see him. Like he's called like five times or whatever. So he goes and oh, he learns right. about being a demon wolf. He gets this amulet uh, that is supposed to keep the wolf at bay or drive it out. One of the others. I... I really like how, you know, he's trying to be uh, hospitable and is like, do you want anything with your tea, Uh, milk, sugar, honey? And he's like, "Uh, honey. And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't have any. I was just (laughs) offering. It was just at the reflex. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, He's really good, though. And, like, he's got old age makeup on that I had to read in the trivia that it was old age makeup because I couldn't tell. I thought it was just really well done. I was a little strange, but like, yeah. I could tell it was old age makeup, and I was concerned that he was perhaps a white person. (laughs) I thought it might have been like Fisher Stevens in Short Circuit. Like, it honestly could have been to me. But I do think his. Yeah, sorry. I'm assuming he's supposed to be Native American, but he is actually like 
Indian he's in he's Indian, but that's the right. thing is like they say my he says my people at some point. Honestly, right. like, and I thought the same thing. Like, is he supposed to be Native American? But his name is Vijay Alasia. That's not a Native American tribal name. Vijay is pretty like that's a that's a that's an Indian name. Like, that's like okay. pretty. I think it's a fairly common Indian name. And so, like, I really don't know what the fuck they were going for there. He's just kind of like a foreign mystic, which is maybe right. a little strange <laughs> in this day and age. But like, I you know, I don't. I, I have like, no idea what their intention was. But I still think he's a he's there... a really good performance. So. I don't think there's any other person of color in this movie. Uh, except for the mugger that gets his fingers bitten off. Right. Which the is something in muggers. between when yeah. he, he signs the contract. He's going around Central Park, and then he gets mugged by three guys. He's like, I got $1,000 in my wallet. How much money do you want? <laughs> and Five, he's in full, he's like in full wolf mode at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the thing is, it seems like he rips off the fingers of the guy like attacks him but there's a shot later on when they're in the police station and the i guess the kid's mother is saying if if a rich white boy had his fingers like torn off it would it would be a whole whole to do yes which is just funny that it's like well he was trying to mug someone like you're you're actually acting like he's a very innocent little kid just right randomly attacked in new york city in, in the middle of the night it is a little weird. I mean, like the like you said, very few people of color in this movie, and like the majority of them are those muggers because there's three of them. So like you know, uh, but you know whatever. But yes, that's a good point. That's why I thought he died though, because I thought it was like to me if it's just fingers getting ripped off, then like it's a little different. But if it's like they get killed, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe a, a problem with the movie as a whole. But sure. the doctor does say that, hey, if you're not evil, the curse won't make you evil. So maybe it's a way to show, okay, he didn't actually kill anybody. He's, like, still, uh, you know, not compromised here. I don't know. Um, but I do just I do get an enjoyment out of seeing him walk around in wolf mode, like, mm-hmm. talking in full English. Even if I don't think the transformation's that great, I, I still think it's enjoyable. You know, I so. And I believe it's this transformation... Uh, maybe right before he rips the fingers off, I think that's what it is, is he is just randomly walking around, like, the Central Park Zoo. Oh I my assume. god, I, yes, okay, I do love and, this. Yeah, And he, uh, like, all the animals are, like, you know, getting wild Freaking or whatever, out. and two cops go up. Actually, one of them is African-American, so we do have, like, another person. But the 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 first cop is Mr. David Schwimmer. I don't... I don't think the other cop is because I. I believe his cop, partner was black. No, because the other cop is another recognizable face. Weirdly, so it's David Schwimmer. You, that's, you're that's thinking the, that's the no. You're thinking of the detective. I'm talking about the uniformed cop. No, I don't think so. The other uniform cop. The other uniform cop he's with is is I on IMDb. It says the other police officer. Bucks. It's. Uh, it says the other officer <laughs> see, with him. See, you see, you're hesitant. You're hesitant. If hold you put on, money hold on, on the line, hold on. you'd be hesitant. Hold on. I am legit going to pull this up on Amazon right now because I still have it rented, I think. Um, but I'm pretty sure the other cop is Osgood Perkins. I'm pretty sure. So because is... just under Swimmer, a Schwimmer on IMDb was listed Osgood Perkins as police officer. 
Anyway, to talk about it more, I, I do... Anyway. Uh, okay, you know what? You're right. He's black. I just pulled it up. Um, I don't know where... I saw Osgood as cop in it, and I was like, oh, he must have been his partner. But He's, Osgood Perkins is also in this, which is weird, so... Yes. He is the de the detective's partner. Bridger's partner. He uh, seemed too we'll young to, for me in my mind, but okay. We'll get to soon enough, but he... Um, yeah, so there's uh, David Schwimmer um, before he becomes a paleontologist. <laughs> in new york city uh so yeah and so he has he has um he's he's good the mugger guy they have the scene where he signs the the contract with plumber there's a insane fucking snap zoom in that scene yeah like right over really plumber's good. right over uh plumber's like shoulder i, into I like Nicholson. that that was a weird like throwback older movie thing to me i don't know what it was about it but it was like well, they yeah. they do one later that I'm like a thousand percent. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but so then we get probably the greatest scene of the movie is Nicholson joining Spader in the bathroom, and Spader's you know taking a piss at the urinal, and Nicholson comes in and is like basically like, oh, you know, I got a better job, uh, or what was the thing? Spader's like, you know, I talked to Plumber about it. We're going to get you a consultant editor, you know, you maybe lose a little bit of money, but, you know, you're not going to be embarrassed with this Eastern European job. Yeah. It's like, I got a better offer. It's like, oh, where? Here. Shows him the contract. Spader's like, oh, what, you know, what is this? Ah. And um, uh, Nicholson just starts, you know, takes out his junk, starts pissing. And uh, Spader is begging, like, don't fire me. Give me a couple months. Let me... Let me look like i resigned and he's like nope not good for the firm and just starts turning and pissing all over spader's shoes yeah and like how indignant spader is <laughs> as he goes grabs some paper towels like dries them and then just goes suede shoes and walks out <laughs> uh the robert Downey jr it. movie the judge stole this scene verbatim where robert <laughs> Downey jr pisses on somebody's shoes in the bathroom as they're like arguing about the job or whatever uh weird thing to steal but yes it's pretty great spader is awesome in that scene um i i do think it's very funny and he's like i'm just marking my territory like which is pretty and you funny. got in my way yes exactly uh but yeah good stuff in that it is funny to think too this entire time spader is <laughs> also a wolf like it's that's also just funny to think he's about. starting to turn yeah yeah um and this is when he finds the two fingers in his pocket, which yeah, is which just is so freaky. funny. That I like that. He, he, and he just seems to drop them in the sink and walk away. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it was funny to me to think about they had that uh, in his pocket as he's signing the contract for his job. Like you go through this whole like half a day or whatever and not realize. He would think with his wolf senses, he would smell them immediately. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. So this is where he goes back to his apartment. He's going to, like, handcuff himself. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is also going to meet him. Because he he had to call her because he left her uh, in the middle of the morning. And she's pissed off about it. But as he gets to his hotel room, uh, his wife is there. And she's, like, begging to come back. Uh, she has the great line of, like, it meant nothing to me. Yeah. And Nicholson just, like, it's so it's such a good turn of, like, that pisses me off even more. You threw away our marriage over nothing. You were admitting to it. It meant nothing to you. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, she walks away. Michelle, Fe- I love that Michelle Pfeiffer's like in the background of the scene. You just start zooming in on her. That works for me because like that that does help the romance that she witnesses that fight. And then she's more like knowledgeable about what happened previously. He, yeah, he mentions it when they first meet. He's like, um, he says something oh, like, you don't, I'm, you not... don't gotta, "I'm safe. I'm married." Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. she's like, "What does that? What does that mean? Just because you're married doesn't mean you're safe." And so he goes <laughs> up to the hotel room and like handcuffs himself to the radiator. And Michelle Pfeiffer comes in and is like, "She's like, what? What was your plan? Just to to stay this until your paws? You turned into paws?" Because he doesn't have a key. He doesn't know where he got the handcuffs from either. <laughs> yeah. And um, they fuck. Another weird background detail for her, though, that she's a drug addict. Or that well, she was yeah. a drug addict. She, her her father is a billionaire. And yeah. what you do when you have, like, but that, that fact money is, like, is you it's fuck just off. Kinda, you f- right. You, you know, you're pissing off your parents by, like, slumming it. It is just a strange way to reveal that she, like, apparently was addicted to drugs at some point like right she um, knew unsavory people yes uh but then of course i do i did love the moment where she then gets kinky with the handcuffs and then like you know it's like oh it looks like you're pretty helpless and i'm like well okay this works this scene works uh yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty good um yeah so then they fuck uh they fuck um and then in the <laughs> middle of the night he he <sighs> He puts on all of his clothes and uh-huh. then goes out to Central Park. It's just, that's the thing to me. I'm like, what? Why? I don't understand. And, like, all, and all he does is go howl on the roof of the building, right? He doesn't do anything else. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Th- not that we know of. That's all we see. And then we see people right. reacting to the howling. Um, yeah. And then that's when we get the fucking, um, he's such a pro, especially in this goddamn movie. Richard Jenkins just shows up. Oh, man. He has a good look in this, too. There's something, like, I feel like as he gets older, his face thins out. He's still got, like, a little, like, fat on his face in this. Right. You know? But, um, just, but to me, adds to the character of this detective who's kind of schlubby and, like, you yeah, know. Schlubby is great. Yes. He's mostly yeah. balding. Um, mm-hmm. I He's got such an interesting face. He's got, like, those pockmarks of, you know, yes. like, a bad acne or whatever. That's but I, and I, very... yeah, I feel like he genuinely gets a, a better-looking face as he gets even older, weirdly. But, yeah, at this yeah. point, he's got a great look for, like, a semi-disaster, like, kind of like a messy detective. Yeah. Right. Who's just, um, like, the cop in uh, The Lift. He just wants to close yeah. the case. He doesn't care. If mm-hmm. if Will's guilty or innocent, he just wants to close the case. Um, so he shows up to tell uh, Pfeiffer and Nicholson that Nicholson's wife died. And he's, you know, kind of questioning, like, you know, when's the last time you saw her? It's kind of a thankless role, and he does such a good job in it, too. I think they give him plenty. And, like, it seems like, um, in the, again, IMDb trivia, but, you know, whatever. Uh it was saying that like for one of the scenes at least like Nichols allowed him to improvise which is huh. big coming from Nichols who was a comedian and I think was an improviser I believe right um, I believe so cuz he uh won the Grammy with Elaine May yes yeah for their and so it seems albums. like oh, Elaine May who's in this movie as a voice by the way um, I did not know that is she the she's it's used the, the voice the on the on the call yeah that's her when he wakes up yeah yeah um 
which I love Elaine May. I watched all her movies for Blank Check and loved every single one of them. Even you mean Star. all four uh, of her movies? Yeah, yeah. Which like, hey, yeah. I mean, they're all great. I think they're all genuinely great. Like, I just love I really you're like, like I've all seen of all of her movies. I'm like, well, you know, it's not. It's Look, not like it, saying I've seen all of Spielberg's movies. It's hard to make one great movie, let alone only make four, but make all hey, four of them extremely memorable and fantastic. Hey, like, don't, like, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying the way you said it. <laughs> I, I saw all of them fair as enough, well. I fair love enough. fucking Ishtar. Ishtar I love so the first good. five minutes of Ishtar. Oh, Ishtar is fucking brilliant. I think the whole thing is really good. Jarring, th- th- it's so jarring, that change in the middle, but... I think yeah. if you stick with it, it really pays off still. Um, fucking Charles Grodin in that. Oh, oh, I uh, mean, fucking Charles Grodin is great. Uh, have we yeah. ever talked about the look that he gives Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy in The Great Muppet Caper? No, I have not seen that movie, so. You, okay, fucking, like, as soon as we're done, you should watch that. Because <laughs> he he's like a scumbag who meets Miss Piggy, and he is just automatically in love with her. And just, I mean, who wouldn't? The yeah. look, the look that he gives a puppet, like you believe everything, and he's like, "You're not like all those other women with their soft skin, their sequine nose, their their long legs." <laughs> I it's already amazing. love it. Like you got to see it. Um, um, so talking about Jenkins, though, like appa- yeah, apparently he was like he improvised one scene and it like really delighted. Nichols so like I okay. feel like he I feel like his role got buffed up since he got cast like they probably gave him Could more be. to do because like Nichols liked him that's the feeling I got there's two moments in particular where it's like they are giving Jenkins like extended time after his scene kind of already ends and they yeah. allow him to like get one more joke in and you're like okay this right. seems like they just liked him yeah 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 uh so after that he's like you know I'd like you both to come down and give a statement and they're automatically like, nope, we're going to leave. And it's so <laughs> bizarre because this movie takes place over like four or five days. Um, yeah. They leave the hotel seemingly to drive to the the plumber Alden estate. And it takes forever. It's like a long drive. Right. Yeah. At le- <laughs> Which is also another thing because like at one point earlier, Nicholson's like, call him and see if I can meet him at his house. And the the secretary's like, he'll meet you there at twelve thirty. So it seems like it's not it, you're able to get there very quickly. And then like Spader an drives to... Spader drives her within like three minutes later, right? And, catch, and somehow yeah. catches up to them. Like it, yeah. It's it's so insane. <laughs> but there's even the line Nicholson's like, oh, where's the day gone? Mm-hmm. Uh, but as they're driving there, he is weirdly sleeping with his foot on the dashboard in the most like awkward position of all time just so that michelle pfeiffer can see that there is mud on his shoes and to start getting like weird reservations about this person she has known for less than a week right and she just fucked him like that night the night before yeah i I do think though she again she's really good because like i do think that her like panicked acting is is good it doesn't really make sense for the character it's very sudden but like she's good at it yeah uh i we also had we keep cutting to like i think between this somewhere we cut to james spader and christopher Plummer like watching tv together about the wife's murder which is so weird to me like that is that stuff's really bizarre i i love the scene in the fact of like how like weaselly spader is throughout this whole movie 
And he's just like, God, I hope they don't try to, you know, pin it on Will. Problem was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's like, well, you know, obviously if, you know, they're separated, there, you know, there's no other, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Suspects. Yeah. They're like, they're going to go for the husband. And Plummer, like, automatically is picking it up. It's like, okay, like, yep. you want the job. I get it. I, I love that when he's just like, oh, but Will, if he gets convicted, he will lose the job, right? The contract's broken. And Plummer and Plummer's like, well, yeah, so you better keep your fingers crossed. And he's just like, you know, yeah. immediately calls what? out that, yeah. Me? Well, I, you know, I'm, I, I love Will, but if he gets convicted, I love the job more, you know idea uh that, but it's just it's very funny just to think of those two guys getting together just to watch the news together it's like yeah so this seems to be where they get to the alden estate and he hears the phone ringing yeah michelle pfeiffer's and she runs she like oh it's richard jenkins oh I, i'll come in tonight to give a statement and yeah she's very apprehensive about nicholson she's like scared of him at this point and uh, he agrees to get locked up in the barn, in like an old horse stall. And she goes to the police to give a statement. And who turns out to be there? Mr. James Spader being a fucking creep. And his eyes, they're fucking huge. Amazing. Like, and they, they compliment his face so well. And like, oh man. just I don't even know like, if he blinks. Yeah, what a, it's a it's a great visual, honestly. Like it is so freaky to look at. I also just want to mention too that barn. It looks like an old Gothic cathedral. The way that they fucking shoot that, oh, sure. it is pretty awesome. I really love the yeah. look of that barn. It's like it's a barn, but it's also a billionaire's barn, so it makes sense that it's fancy. But just the way they get they they shoot that, it's so like expressionist out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. kind of not really fitting with some of the rest of the movie in terms of like how grandiose it is, but like, I, I, it's the, appreciated. The giant black iron uh, bars, yeah. to and keep you have all like the, the birds, like the, there's like birds or something flying through it. Like it's kind of fucking wild. Yeah. So we get the scene with Spader uh, with the detectives. Yes, it's just just a, <laughs> a fucking phenomenal scene. It is so weird, though. It is great, but it is, like, does... For a second, I was like, wait a minute. Does Spader have, like, hypnotist powers because of the way he is, like, leading that conversation? And he gets, like, right into Jenkins' face, and Jenkins is kind of looking kind of weird. Like, like he is, like, kind of being led Um, by this conversation somehow, like, and... I don't know. I don't think it's anything like that. I think he's just, you know, very, again, like transformed animalistic charming yeah that animal magnetism i guess but he's basically stating like oh yeah he probably did it i love him like a you know a father whatever yeah he probably did it um and then when he gets into drinking face is like and it was insanity it's like he's and i'll te- i'll testify to that in he court. He is, like, right next to Jenkins' face. Jenkins is not even looking at him. It's, like, a profile yeah. shot of Jenkins with Spader in his ear. And it's, like, you know, it's temporary insanity. I will testify to that. Like, and I'm, like, what is going on here? And the fact that Jenkins doesn't really react, he's kind of stoic during this scene. Maybe made yeah. me think, like, is he being hypnotized? Like, what the fuck is going on? I um, guess there's a reading to that, especially the last, the little bit of the joke, like, after Spader right. leaves. Well, hold on. So... And he's also saying, like, oh, Spader is with uh, probably at the Alden estate. Oh, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer's outside. We'll talk to her. And then he walks outside, and we find out that Michelle Pfeiffer had automatically... She got so creeped out 
by James Spader that as soon as that door closed, she like runs. Well, and then she pieces together that he's a wolf, that he's the one that who's been killing people. That he's the one yeah. doing it. There's also, yeah, really good uh, in that conversation. She's like, did you get bitten? And he's like, what a weird question. What, a, what yeah. an amazingly why would weird you, question. Why would you ask that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but as, as we find out that Michelle Pfeiffer has left, there's the fucking snap zoom to yes. James Spader, which is so good like, fantastic as, yeah as many problems that i have with this movie like there are these slight touches of genius here yeah that i cannot deny and that's one of them but then that's when jenkins has like that little <laughs> last little bit of a joke which you could be like he was hypnotized so he doesn't exactly remember and he's like did he say pee on or in the shoes <laughs> uh but yeah that 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 you're right these the, the little moments of gene of genius thing is so true because that that shot i described of like jenkins's face in the foreground then with like in profile then spader in the middle like whispering to him and then i guess osgood perkins so i'm disappointed i didn't recognize that was him but like he's kind of in the background out of focus but something of the way that is composed you're just like that that shot setup is so fucking interesting just inherently right. weird and then with the added factor of you're looking right in a spider's giant fucking wolf eyes, like, it, it is a weird shot, but it is certainly memorable and effective. Uh, yeah, there's little bits in this where you're like, I totally see why they this, made this. How this, why they made this and why it works, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Pfeiffer races back to the estate. Uh, James Spader is close behind her. I love that, uh, I mean, Spader's makeup is just fantastic throughout, like, as he's getting more and more animalistic, you know, and Nicholson's very dark hair. Um, Spader's is almost like strawberry blonde. Yeah. Um, just, just really cool. And he drives up to the gate and starts talking to George, the security guard who I've seen in other movies or something. Yeah. I recognize him too, but like, he didn't like, it didn't jump to mind immediately. Yeah. Um, George it wasn't, David, him, it wasn't like David like, Schwimmer showing up. Right. You know? Right. It's like, uh, you know, what's, what's your purpose here? And just Spader's delivers like my business is pleasure. Uh, doesn't she look like the fuck of the decade? to you oh boy coming out of spader's mouth that line really hits you know uh he's got that like sliminess to him just always the, in general yeah the intensity of his mm -hmm. eyes and how he's delivering it yeah. and i love that george is just like you know back it up and so he backs up and just yeah, that's drives good. through the gate um he also kills the other uh wildlife guy on so it's 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 such a big estate that they have literal like wildlife officials there, like far. It it says it's an Alden farm. It's more of a ranch, though. If you're if you're like growing or like raising animals, it's a ranch, right? That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so um, Michelle Pfeiffer's trying to get to Nicholson, and Spader comes in, and so there's just the giant. Uh, fight in the barn nicholson has the amulet on so he's like he's been in pain like not transforming uh some things are happening but he eventually rips it off and is <laughs> trying to jump the uh the gate or i yeah. guess yeah the whole cage thing as which slow uh, once motion, you spader is I mean, basically once you... about to rape her yes which <sighs> I don't want to say I like this part of it, but it does make Spader genuinely very threatening. Especially what he's like saying to her is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and but that that when you when you see 
that he could just jump over like the gate for that thing you're like what did you this was no good this is not a good solution then like no. putting him in here because it's like come on he's a fucking wolf man he's gonna get over that like huh i hadn't even thought about that like that is yeah. but i guess they don't know the extent i guess no one has seen him jump away yet when he like he, he like right. leaps away from david swimmer um even yeah that's pretty cool um yeah. even when spader comes into the barn like he does a giant leap and it's very fun <laughs> Yes, uh, he has another one later on, but yeah. So they I, just just thinking, they tussle. They, it is disappointing. Uh, just to go back to the swimmer thing. Disappointing that like there was not an extended scene of him like smelling smelling swimmer and being like, "You got a monkey named Marcel back at home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're on a break with Rachel, aren't you?" <laughs> Tell me the way to Central Perk. I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> I want a cappuccino. You uh, smell like you got a friend with a smelly cat. Can you introduce me to Phoebe? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, their fight's okay. Like it is very animalistic of just kind of like uh, not very skillful, just kind of right pa- passion and energy. Um. And it's then, fun. There's a lot of wire work, you know. Guys getting tossed right. around, like it's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, not brief enough, not like not brutal enough. You need more like brutality to this, I think. There's yeah. a cool shot though when when Spader like hits the stairs at the end, mm-hmm. like that impact looks fucking rough. Yeah, uh, there is a good point where uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer has the the pick, and mm-hmm. then he takes it from her and slashes Nicholson's face and stabs him in the arm. Uh, it eventually leads to outside, and then as Spader is jumping with, like, head, sh- head shears, um, Pfeiffer shoots him, which is just like, all right, mm. I guess. Yeah. I guess I didn't need a silver bullet or something. I don't think I needed a silver Nothing. bullet, you don't but, need like, but it yeah. is still just, like, a gun. Like, okay, you know, mm, whatever. Uh, and as it's lands, not your typical like, werewolf movie, so. He hits the stairs. You, you, we watch his hand, like, transform back into a human hand. And um, Nicholson's like more transformed. His his hands are like so much more hairy, and they like share a moment, and then he runs away. Yeah, that's, he runs into the woods. Much what it is. I guess because they all know the police are coming. The police are something. coming. Yeah. So yeah. then we get you know all the police are there. Um, they're basically blaming it on Spader, I guess, or Nicholson, yeah. and I. I don't. I again, even watching she's, this twice, I was she's so saying, like. She's saying Will escaped to the airport and like, fool. right? Yeah, um, and they they learn like, okay, yeah, she did charter a plane for him, and she even says like, oh, you know, I was, you know, it wouldn't have lasted more than a week. And or she two. I was has, just doing it to piss off my father. Yeah, and she has redone her makeup at this point. Like she's like done to the nines. Like she looks yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, and you definitely, she's definitely acting different in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we get Jenkins basically like, all right, um, bake them away, toys, and <laughs> we're, we're done with this. And uh, Pfeiffer offers him a vodka tonic, and he's like, how the hell does she know we're drinking? Like, an- an- do you want another vodka tonic? Yeah. Which right. I love that, re- that reveal that they're <laughs> they're also drunks. His face, though, is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the realization that someone mm-hmm. knows that he's he's been drinking. And, you know, as she's walking away, like, oh, I can smell it a mile away. And then we get 
a, a shot of Nicholson, like Nicholson's 90% wolf, and then it turns 100% wolf, and he howls at the moon, and then we get Pfeiffer walking towards the camera, and she's got the wolf eyes. Right. Which I, I, I like the implication for the ending that she's going to go off into the woods and become a wolf with him. Like right. that, I think, is a good romantic ending for the story, but they don't really sell it. Like, they kind of just leave that for you to, like, interpret, you know, which and, to me, like, <sighs> if you see them, if you see them together in the woods as wolf people, then sure. the ending to me is great and I like it. But, like, as it is, you're like, uh, I see what you're going for, but you don't nail it. it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't stick the landing. I, yeah. And it's one of the things, you know, we don't, we don't really get rules, but I'm even curious, like, is he permanently a wolf now? Is that what's that's, going that's on? That's what the guy said, like, the wolf consumes you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh Which is it's it disappointing. Movie. I don't know. I want him to be a man with her still. Right. Or yeah. them wolves together, but we don't, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, weird movie. <laughs> I want to like this more. But yeah, it, me too. It, just, it never really gels together to give like a cohesive we either we needed 15 less minutes of book publishing politics or we needed 15 minutes more of him walking around as a cool wolf man like living his best life you know right. like honestly yeah, i'm not even joking that. like if we had yeah. a scene of him going into like a new york bar as a wolf and like kind of you kind of teen wolf with it a little sunglasses bit. yeah yeah exactly yes like make it a little more teen wolf where he's like going around like being awesome and people are loving him and I like, don't know. Women, women can't resist him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You. This is a strange, strange movie. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know about cutting fifteen minutes of the publishing thing. I think you need that. You for, need like, some of it, backbone. but there's 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 a lot though. I don't know. There's I, like, and even just like we have David Hyde Pierce character who just yeah. disappears. We don't like. There's no real. We just needed a sounding board for a couple scenes. That wasn't James Spader. Tell your dad's dog, Eddie, I said hello. You know, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, when's your flight back to Seattle? <laughs> okay. Um, so we need Maybe to, for lunch uh, we'll have some tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Okay, what uh, let's rate and review this. What are we gonna rate it out of? I couldn't really think of anything. Um, empty honey bottles. You got that's good. Like uh, uh, torn off fingers. You got mm. I don't know. David uh, human wolf eyes? I don't know. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh, I've got it. Out of Spader suede shoes. There you go. Urine soaked suede shoes. <laughs> oh, that, that's the joke with the, that. The yeah, the um, you know, it's like oh, he urinated on my shoes, and then at the end of that scene, he's like, Did like he say on my sh- in on his shoes, shoes or in his shoes? In his shoes. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Uh, so that's good though. Urine soaked suede shoes. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm host. I will be going first. Uh, you know, as we've gotten to, I I wanted this to be better than it was. Uh, it's trying a little too hard to be clever at times and you know that's a a mike nichols he's a comedian he's a writer he's won an oscar at this point so like you're kind of like smelling your own farts to an extent but like of course what i'm going to do is going to be great and it doesn't always translate it's very middling at times where like there are a lot of highs some of the lows are just like very dumb i don't know why you're doing this um 
I think a, a modern take of the Wolfman could be very interesting because, to most of my knowledge, all of them have really been done like as a classical period piece. I mean, besides Teen Wolf, obviously, uh, but like the Benicio del Toro Wolfman is set in the past. The Wolfman, when it came out, was in the past as well. I, uh, I think th- that one's modern day, I think. Okay. Uh, the 40s one, because they're driving in cars in it. So, like, I okay. think that one is modern day, but then Frankenstein meets the Wolfman makes it very muddy because that one is definitely in the past. So, right. like, it's not exactly clear, but the, the fact that there are cars in that original one makes me think it was contemporary. Okay. And I think that's that's something that could be interesting. And again, like, as we've gotten into, like, the um animal nature of man like there could have been a whole scene more of that conversation like we get the russian ambassador in invasion like we need that type of of scene of like someone talking about like oh humans were evolved and then someone's like no like we're actually just like very animalistic like we barely evolved the, the, the doctor gets to that point a little bit he starts off on he starts there he's like oh we've only come into the jungle 20 25,000 years ago right yeah i think i think you needed to expand on that a little bit more like Definitely. right before his scene and then he's the one that's like more emphasizing it's it's not necessarily the wolf or the animal in you it's still you inside and whether you're good or evil is multiplied or you know it none of it's um uh not muddy but like you know none of it's watered down from mm-hmm. it and i i think that's that's ultimately one of the problems here it's like it's very underwhelming like i want it I, again as we've talked about i want this to be better than it is um but fucking james spader elevates this in all of his scenes he is so good in this movie Especially when he's around so many other pros. And by this time, everybody else had been a more major motion picture star. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say he was a star at that point. Uh, he was an actor. Maybe he was. I mean, like, I think I feel like the 80s, he really had some, like, notoriety, right? Because he was kind of part I mean, of that frat pack com- group a little bit. And, like, he um, was coming up and around, like, you know, pretty yeah. and pink. Uh, Sex Lies and Videotapes is maybe like a year or two before, but I want to say it's probably like Stargate uh, that would be less than zero, him. right? I, less than zero. I thought he got a lot of attention for. I guess uh, so. that, I that's early eighties, that but I, I haven't yeah, seen it either. But I do know that one was kind of like because the book is came out and was kind of controversial. Like yeah. and then the movie Brett Easton Ellis, I believe. yeah, and then the movie I I I, I haven't seen it yet. Partly because I know it's not exactly a faithful adaptation, and I really like that book, and so kind of just been like, oh, well, I'm not really that enthused to watch this movie. That's gonna that kind of changes around some key components of it that kind of neutered the story for me. But I do know that movie was also vaguely controversial when it came out for its depiction of like the youth taking drugs and things like that, right. and like the, the the kind of stark reality of like uh, L.A. culture and th- and. So I, I do know he got a lot of notoriety for that, but maybe you're right in that like he hadn't had like an explosive role just yet, a um, leading role. Like because I feel like less than zero. He's is he the, the I think he's the lead. He's yeah okay. I think he's the one that because the story is like it's a guy returning to Los Angeles after being away at college and like yeah. kind of reconnecting with his friend group who were all into drugs and partying. I think he's the one who's like return. I think he's the lead. But okay. I haven't seen it, so I don't. I don't know. But um, I still think like Stargate is probably going to be the one like 
catapulting yeah. him to there's stardom. one what there's some kind of like erotic thriller he does right that i thought was also kind of big around this time but i can't think of well sex lies um, and videotape is well there's is that one like but there's that. there's there's yet another one where it's like an office relationship and it's uh, kind of one secretary? of these like but that's more that's like something like that of, yeah yeah that's the end of oh crash is right around here oh yeah that's right. So, Stark so was actually right. the same year as the. He's he's still building. I see your point, though. He's like still. Right. He's of all the big established people in this, he's one of the lesser established. I see what you uh, mean. No, I was right. It's Andrew McCarthy is starring in Less Than Zero, and uh-huh. uh, James Spader is one of the other people. Robert Downey Jr. is actually like build above him, right? In this movie, but yeah, I mean, okay. you know. Pretty in Pink, he's in Mannequin, Wall Street, uh, oh, Jack's yeah. Back. I don't know what this one is. See, Jack's so he had, he had, a, that's, a, that's a lot of big movies, though. Sure, but again, none of the, you know, 89 is, like, leading role. I guess Jack's Back, but I don't know what this one mm-hmm. is. Uh, you got True Colors, Bob Roberts, which I've heard about recently. But yeah, like, Wolf, Stargate, Crash... And then, yeah, he just kind of takes off after that. Everybody knows him. Yeah, well, he's actually in an episode of Frasier. He does a voice in 1994 <laughs> as well. Oh, wow. What okay. the hell? I wonder if he just, I wonder if uh, <laughs> the David Him Hyde and Pierce David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, funny enough, I'll, uh, I've been trying to watch more new movies. I'm trying to, like, keep up with you. I watched a Holy Matrimony starring Patricia Arquette and a 12-year-old Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they get married. Whoa. Um, Whoa. But the also, fuck? Courtney, it's directed by Spock, Mr. Leonard Nimoy, his oh, last directorial I, movie. I have heard of this movie, yes. Randomly, it also has Courtney B. Vance in it as a FBI agent. And I was like, later that night, I was like, you know what? Let me try to find another movie with JGL. Oh, Project Power on Netflix is on my list. Let me just get this out of the way. And him and Courtney B. Vance are both in this movie. Damn, just like stunning to me that I watched two movies in one day with <laughs> like two actors in it. Um, getting back to my thing, 2.8 urine-soaked spaders suede shoes. Mm-hmm. It... It's so close to being something I would say is good. It's yeah. okay. I keep saying I wish it was better, but unfortunately, it's not. Man, I mean, like we're in total agreement on this. My my score, I think, was gonna be uh, about the same. I, was, I think I was thinking in my head two point seven year in soaked suede shoes. I'll expand on this a little bit, but I, I don't have much to add. I mean, like you're totally correct. It's just that, like it. It tries to have it tries to do so many things, but it it doesn't like pull off any of them well. Like yeah. it's trying to be this like character driven monster movie, but it can't do, really do them. Yes, and a love story, but there's not enough given to any of those to really make it sing and work. It's like you read these quotes from fucking Mike Nichols, and it's like he says this movie is about the death of God and the crumbling of Western civilization and the AIDS epidemic. And I'm like, I, I none of that comes through at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't see like, any of that. I mean, there's that one speech from Nicholson about daytime TV, but it's like, come on, man. That's that's not getting your point across whatsoever. The AIDS epidemic, though, that's fucking fascinating. I, know. I don't, so it I don't seems read to me, any of that. 
I, I and this is, could be completely speaking out of turn, but especially with Jim Harrison's like comments about turning the werewolf into Chihuahua, it sounds to me he had a more monster movie focused thing going on. Nichols comes in and is like, "I'm going to make this about the character." And really try to get into who this guy is. And you just get a muddied movie where it's like neither one is reaching its full potential at all. In spite of that, it's got a fantastic cast. And there are moments where I really I really did like Michelle Pfeiffer, despite the fact that she's playing like a paper-thin character. Who, I mean, I don't know, maybe not paper-thin, but like there's something about it at the end of it didn't fully... It's about as thin as she is. Yes. (laughs) Because she's like a fucking twig. Which is great because it makes her face like so angular. Yeah, yeah. Which like, okay, so, you know, again, I don't have much to add. 2.7 urine-soaked suede shoes. The only thing I want to add is just more Jack Nicholson impressions if I can think of them. But I think it might be tapped at this point, you know. Uh, Well, I you know, I think we did a good enough job. We've covered a lot of it. As we said, the the whole romance thing is tenuous at best. Yeah. So, you know. The... Yeah. I, I talk about it as a romance. Yes, you're right. I mean, like, I, I do think there is something to, like I mentioned, her, her, when she's taking care of him at her cabin when she when he is, like, starting to feel sick. Where he's asking do, for bacon. Yeah. Yes. And, like, uh, I, I don't remember if it's a line she has, something about being attracted to wounded, or, you know, you know being into wounded animals or something. Or maybe it was something I read that, like, Nichols at one point wanted to make her a vet to, like, give her that animal connection. But yeah. it's like, you know, I get the sense that that's the point where the romance to me was, like, making little sense. And you get kind of that monster thing where she can see that he's just got some rough edges, but that his heart is somebody who's wounded. And she wants to take care of that. And I think that's a good basis for a monster love story. Being able to look past, like, the exterior and see the hurt within that to me, every time monster love, you need that sort of angle on it, you know. Uh, so it kind of works in that regard, but ultimately it doesn't pull it off. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Uh, so try again, Mike Nichols. Uh, even though you've been <laughs> dead for nine years, you should <laughs> give it another go. Uh, Greg, yeah. do you want to tell us what we're going to be watching next week? Uh, yes, I am so glad. And so happy that I can announce this, but we are talking Bram Stoker's Dracula next week. Uh, I a movie that I will talk about at any given time to anybody for hours and hours on end, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to talk about it next week for this podcast. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have to keep really reeling you in. To... Oh yeah, a lot, a lot. I'm gonna go off constantly. Um, also, I just I can't believe I didn't even say you know we didn't make the connection. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? And then this movie, like, you know, good, yeah, that's would have been clever. Would have been wonderful if in Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, like, fucking, um, oh god damn it, who's the actor in that? If he was wolfed out in the middle of it when he's like attacking his wife at one point, <laughs> I've never seen it, so I'm oh I'm unsure. okay, uh, so I got to put that on my list then, high up on your list. Uh, okay. Honestly, I hate. Uh, you know, co-host of this podcast, Kill, one of her all-time favorite movies, and she assigned it to me for a Letterboxd raffle, and it was excellent. Right. So as soon as, watch... you, as soon as you watch it, talk to Kill. All right, I'll watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. You watch uh, The Great Muppet Caper, and we'll report <laughs> back next week. Ooh, I got an all-day pinball event I'm going to right away, so, uh, you know, I'm going to have to put a pin in that one. But I will at some point. I will soon. Uh, so thank you all for listening. You can always rate, review, subscribe everywhere you get this podcast. 
Uh, we have email weeklypodcastmassacre at gmail.com. We have both Twitter and Instagram at weeklymassacre. Hit us up. Let us know if you know anyone who's in the publishing industry so we can like get a little background to see how it is. If you've ever had your shoes peed on in the, the restroom, uh, if uh, you have ever had a date with Michelle Pfeiffer, let us know. Oh yeah, I'd be interested let us know to how just. That went. Yeah. I would. I would love to live vicariously through you in just that experience. Yeah. If of, you've ever attempted to break is. into a zoo and eat a chimpanzee, I mean, let us know how that went. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever tried to eat David Schwimmer's chimpanzee, let us know. <laughs> uh, well, until next time, peanut butter and jellies like mother's milk to me. <laughs> hey Ross, tell your sister Monica to cool it with the Windex. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>